It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be. One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long we've been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT, hour number two. Raider Nation Radio, we are the flagship of the Silver and Black, and we're brought to you by Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorneys who care about their clients getting better settlements. Sam and Ash are original partners of mine on Raider Nation Radio, and I trust them and continue to be impressed by their ability to just talk to people and help their clients instantly. They're available to answer your questions 24-7. So if you get in an accident, call Sam and Ash, the ones I trust, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. So Josh McDaniels spent a couple of days talking about Josh Jacobs and the fact that he played a little bit, a little bit. You know, he played a couple of series and looked good in Canton, Ohio. And that's calmed down a bit. There was a fight today at practice. Max Crosby was involved in that. Dylan Parham, a little bit of a scrum. Uh, Some guys went to the ground. Uh, A typical camp fight. Good to see the energy there. No one gets hurt. You don't want anybody to get hurt in a fight. I'm talking torn bicep, broken hand. You know what I mean? So it doesn't seem like anything happened. I was on the opposite side of the field at the time. But you could hear the dust up. You could see it. You could feel it. And that was my big takeaway today. I was leaving practice About a half hour uh, before that, I was thinking about going because I had to get here, get ready for the show, and I stuck around and I saw that type of energy. When you see that type of energy, no football player makes a big deal about it. None. No football player makes a deal, big deal about it. The other breaking news today, Marshawn Lynch booked on suspicion of DUI. He's been released after his arrest for DUI today in Las Vegas. Not a good photo. Not a good photo, which is trending right now for Marshawn Lynch. You know where I stand on DUI, especially with celebrities who have the money to take Ubers and limos and walk and do everything other than get behind the wheel. So we'll let this play out legally and see what happens with Marshawn Lynch coming up here. But that is a big storyline as we get going. All right, so the Chicago Bears were in the news today. And when they're in the news, I decided to reach out with an expert, Mike North, the legendary sports talk radio host. And, Mike, good to talk to you. I hope the summer's well. I'll jump right in here. Rokon Smith not happy with what he thought was a poor offer from the Chicago Bears, and the Bears don't want to be in the media this way. How do you see it? Well, you know what? Uh, first of all, hi to you, JT, and everybody uh, else. I got to tell you, he uh, got a guaranteed contract as a rookie, which was unusual for the Bears, but he held out for that. Uh, I think what they're seeing is that they've lost their upfront guys like Hicks, Eddie Goldman, uh, you know, guys that protect the linebacker. Khalil Mack's gone. Mm-hmm. Quinn is still with the team, but I mean, he's not a—he's a heck of a linebacker. But if you're going to invest a ton of money when you don't have that much cap space, you'd prefer to do it, and especially if you're going to not have that good a team, you prefer to invest it maybe 
in another position, uh, mm-hmm. maybe in a skill position player. Rokon Smith has been a very good player for the Bears. I saw his uh, press clipping today where he wanted to be like Urlacher, Butkus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lance Briggs, Wilbur Marshall. He's a good ball player, but I will assure him, and he's 25, that to get to that level, uh, whether he plays for the Bears or not, he'll make his money. But I just think the Bears are caught between a rock and a hard place. It's been a rough year for Ryan Poles and Everflus, the two new guys who were the junior executives handpicked by Bill Polian uh, by the McCaskey family to take over the Chicago Bears. So it's a touchy situation. If I was him, you know what, I'd probably want out. But if they pay him, he's going to be a marked man because there's not that many good players on that football team right now. Great point. That's why we have Mike North on. The concern for me is he went to social media. And I never liked that, but as you mentioned, he's 25 years old. And he went Mm -hmm. to social media and said, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. They refuse to negotiate in good faith. Every step of the journey has been, quote, take it or leave it. The deal sent to me is one that would be bad for myself. And get this, Mike, and for the entire linebacker market, and you've been around a long time. Now you got guys negotiating contracts for position players on other teams. These tight ends have tight end camps where all the tight ends who compete against each other hang out in the offseason to make each other better. This is Roquan Smith saying, if I sign this deal, I'm hurting other linebackers around the league by setting the market this way. A couple of years ago, he didn't play a game. He was uh, excused for some reason, never came out. Uh, he missed a game, but he's been a pretty good ball player for them. The bottom line is, though, that Rokon Smith isn't really a household name. No. I think if you stop somebody in Las Vegas, uh, a casual football fan, uh, or in uh, L.A., do you know who Roquan Smith is? And a lot of people won't. You knew who Warlocker was. You knew who Butkus was. You knew who Wilbur Marshall was. So I understand his frustration I wouldn't have gone to social media, but I also understand he doesn't have representation. Yes. Yeah, Mike, so, it, says I mean, right, it says right here, Smith is one of a handful of notable NFL players without an agent, which comes as a unique challenge for the Bears front office as they try to negotiate with him as he's going to social media, Mike. And here's another thing, and we've all been in uh, the business. I had uh, the original boss that owned me, that, that bought me uh, over to the score back mm-hmm. in the day. He lasted five years, then he left. Then I got a bunch of people that weren't Mike North guys, but I still lasted 16 years there. Bottom line is, this happens, as you know, in the radio business or in the media, newspapers, where they change uh, people all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, guess what? You're not my cup of tea. So, basically, Roquan Smith was maybe Ryan Paces, which is odd, best draft pick, Yet Eberflus and Poles are probably thinking, do we need this guy when we don't have a whole lot around us? So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, he he has no agent, and he doesn't have a, the, the original guy that drafted him. So uh, this can go either way. Uh, if I'm a Chicago Bear fan, uh, which they've turned into one of the dumber fan bases in the business, uh, just by proof that they think, a guy that finished 30th in quarterback rating last year is going to be a superstar. I mean, the nonsense just never stops. But the bottom line is that if I'm a Bear fan, I'm not concerned either way. If 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I go through the days when Bobby Hall held out in his prime. You know, we all have sure. seen major ball players hold on in the prime. This guy, as Hyman Roth said <laughs> uh, to Michael, is small potatoes. <laughs> Mike North from Chicago, the legendary sports talk host. Hey, you warned us about Justin Fields. I'm hearing about Mac Jones struggling because he doesn't have an offensive coordinator in New England. And Justin Fields, just like Trey Lance over in San Francisco, it's going to take time. I mean, Fields came into the league. I saw him in Vegas up close, made some good throws, big outside the pocket, can tuck and run. We saw him do that in college. What's the vibe in Chicago about this quarterback who clearly is the franchise and he lost his best wife? wide receiver and he's supposed to take the next step as the star player on defense might want out. Well, it's going to be a two uh, watch uh, type of situation in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky, 29 and 21, 25 and 13 under Nagy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet I hear people uh, that are supposed to be in the know, like last year saying that Sam Darnold was better. He's going to be fighting for a job. Bottom line is the Bears mistake, I think, was getting rid of Trubisky. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers got him at a tremendous discount. They're only ten to one. He's eighty to one or seventy-five to one to be an MVP. Uh, which I, you know, why not take a flyer for twenty bucks on that? The bottom mm-hmm. line is, what we're seeing is we saw a video today on Twitter where there was a guy open in the corner of the end zone, ten yards, and he overthrew him by eight yards. <laughs> He's not accurate on the short and intermarry intermediary uh, passes. He's not very good at getting rid of the ball quickly. He went to Ohio State. His receivers on the Bears, even though Mooney's a pretty good player, couldn't have, wouldn't even be recruited by Ohio State. So I'm always weary of Ohio State quarterbacks because, believe me, folks, when I tell you this, not one of them has ever done anything in the National Football League. And, and when I brought that up, Fields was going to be different. No! You got the best that money can buy. They're number two in the country this year. You plug in a quarterback, mm-hmm. as you see with Stroud, he gets the job done. It's nothing special if you're an Ohio State quarterback and you put up big numbers. We've seen it for years. And then they get into the league and they crap the bed. I mean, Dwayne Haskins was, was another uh, casualty in more ways than one. And then you had Braxton Miller. And then you even Rex Kern back in the late 60s. The Colts said, you're a good quarterback. We're going to make you a safety. You had too many weapons at Ohio State. So um, it's just like Southern Cal, JT. Besides Carson Palmer, uh, you know, from Darnold uh, to, to Leinert, Sanchez. Uh, to all these hot shots. Yeah, they've never made it. So uh, when do you stop being stupid and, and look for a quarterback that may be under the radar like who – I mean, Ohio State didn't probably even look at uh, Terry Bradshaw, for God's sake, back in the late 60s, and he was the best quarterback in, in, in football. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those deals where your franchise you played with in college is better than the one you're going to play with usually in the pros because you're going to be a first-round draft pick, and it's going to be low, and you're going to go to a bad team. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, look at him. Point. He didn't even look like the quarterback that he looked like in, when he w- was playing uh, in college. Mike North, as we wrap it up. Mike, last thing I wanted to talk to you about is Durant. Because when I had you on during the last dance, every episode, you were there for Scottie Pippen signing that bad contract. And you told me, you know Reinsdorf, you knew Krause. And they said, hey, man, you don't have to sign this. And he signed it. And Scottie wasn't happy about it. Look at Durant. Four years left on the deal in Brooklyn. 
Harden quit and went to Philly. Kyrie's a head case, and all of a sudden, do you believe the balls of Durant to tell the owner, the owner, Joe Sy, it's either me or the GM or the head coach. Mike, it seems like he boxed himself in a corner, and this guy Durant was on the short list being compared to Michael Jordan a few years ago. Which was a joke to begin with. Here's what has happened. Kevin Durant has probably mismanaged a superstar career as bad as you could. Number one. Uh, he loses to, uh, with Oklahoma uh, City when they're up 3-1. to one. Then he goes to Golden State, the team that beat him, and he is a, a front-runner. Uh, then he, after two championships and an MVP, and I think he should have gone somewhere else, not a 73-win team, uh, he goes and pulls this nonsense after three months ago. He said that Steve Nash wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. This guy here has turned into... About as dumb a basketball player, and you know, you don't, you won't see this. You don't see this in other sports. You don't see a guy that signs a, like a Lindor. I want out after two years in baseball, or a Trout, or even even mm-hmm. somebody like Pujols. You, you know, our team's not that good. I'll stay with for ten years. The NBA has turned into a me, 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 I, I, I situation, and Kevin Durant. I mean, forget about Irving. Kevin Durant's the poster boy for for basically being a front runner and being something that he couldn't do. Was he thought he could change the game, get Kyrie Irving? How why would you want to play with him? Go with some inexperienced coaches, get rid of Kenny Atkinson, who was better than Nash. He didn't want Atkinson. They got rid of him. They bring in Nash, and now he doesn't want Nash. I, I'd wash my hands of the guy. I wouldn't even play him if he doesn't want to play for me, and I wouldn't try to peddle him. Now, you might take a beating, but you know what? Somebody's got to teach this kid a little respect. You sign that kind of deal, you got to be married to your franchise. God, you're damn good. Great to talk to you, my friend. Get out to Vegas so I can have a dinner with you. And we I can will. Talk Thank about... you for the compliment, and the same back to you, buddy. Thanks for asking the right questions. You got it. Mike North, everybody. Wow, he is damn good. I put radio talk show hosts on my shows as guests because they're better guests. They do radio, and they know energy. So you put Mike North on. Remember, Mike North, who is he? Google him. He's the first ever sports talk radio host to make a million dollars a year. He was a hot dog vendor. He said, hot dogs, hot dogs. And a radio executive heard him talking to people as he was selling hot dogs and said, this guy's unbelievable. Long story short, they put him on the radio in Chicago, became the biggest local radio host in America. I worked with him nationally at Fox. And now he's kind of on the verge of doing a bunch of little betting podcast he's into gambling and all that and he's just good and the the bears had a big story today and again i don't do raiders the entire two hours when i have breaking news but how about this is a raiders story roquan smith as a linebacker for the raiders pissed off at the world coming in here a tackling machine now the raiders have a similar player in perryman so i don't think they're going to be in the market for him i think the bears will try to get the deal done either way but he's not happy and he doesn't have an agent Neither does Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have an agent. Remy Martin is taking Team Up for Excellence to a much higher level as they are a proud partner of Raider Nation Radio. And I want to remind you that when you're out there celebrating all the victories you're going to have this year with the Raiders or the Aces or any of the teams, your national teams or local teams, do it responsibly. 
celebrate with Remy Martin Cognac. Remy Martin VSOP, 1738 Nexo. And now we have the brand new brand of the Botanist Gin. All teaming up for excellence are you. Remy Martin, proud partner of our show. Thanks again to Mike North coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to Miles Simmons from Pro Football Focus. And I got a little Charger content for you I think you're going to like. Hosting my show last night, Scott Kaplan, ESPN LA. Me and him got into this little debate on the Chargers and how they're buying, buying fans in L.A. And this guy knows it as good as anybody. Stick around. I'll play a piece of that coming up next as we got about 40 minutes to go, 702-365-9200. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, back with you. Thanks for listening today. It was good to be out of practice today. A little bit of scuffle. Mad Max Crosby pushing his weight around. Dylan Parham standing up for himself. Love it. The physicality of this Raider team. All the padded practices. They get get an extra preseason game. I like it. I like what we're seeing here. According to Vegas Insider, as we look at the season win totals, I'm looking at the season win totals here in Vegas. And the Las Vegas Raiders last season were 10. 10 this year, eight and a half. The LA Chargers last season's win total was nine. This year it's at 10 and a half. Last season, the Kansas City Chiefs were at 12. This season, they're 10 and a half. You want you might want to bet and take that. Go over the top. Kansas City could win 11 games easily. They're a hell of a team. And then as we look at the division, the thing that blows me away the most is the Denver Broncos. Last season, their season win total was seven. This year, it's ten and a half. Ten and a half. So the Raiders are at eight and a half at the bottom of the division. So last night, Scott Kaplan heard me talking about this from ESPN 710 in L.A., and uh, he came on as a guest to talk about what the Chargers are doing against the Raiders in the AFC West and the hype or the false hype, coming off an article yesterday from Yahoo Sports talking about Justin Herbert. Frank Schwab wrote a cover story for Yahoo today about Justin Herbert, and it starts off and it says, if you're a neutral football fan, there's one bummer with the Las Vegas Raiders' incredible Week 18 win that ended the Chargers season. We didn't get to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. And I bring this up because it's, to me, and I'm on the Raiders' side, it's more propaganda that oh, the L, they're just trying to get the Chargers again, and you've been in San Diego a long time, and there's a couple of people in the media, and how good the Chargers are. They have a hell of a roster. It's one of the best rosters I've ever seen them have. But there's still excuse after excuse. This is the year. This is the year. I'm asking you this because you're in Los Angeles where the Chargers not only missed the playoffs, the Rams won the Super Bowl. So any Charger down. fan or new fan stadium. that could have been a new Charger fan – it becomes a Ram fan. So how right. much pressure is on the Chargers to make the playoffs this year? Oh, my God. I mean, th- th- look, the Rams and the Chargers were going to be in a theoretical battle for not just you know front-page headlines, but for how corporate dollars were going to be distributed mm-hmm. in L.A. And, and how fans were going to decide where they wanted to go. Look, we've gone through this. The Rams were a team that was welcomed back to Los Angeles. The Chargers were never welcomed. But the Chargers do get to play in the Rams' beautiful palatial stadium. And the Chargers have cool uniforms. 
Chargers now have a really good, young, fun-style quarterback. So they are picking up some steam in the same way the Clippers are picking steam, which isn't very much. They don't get talked about. But what they do well, JT, is buy people in the media. And I am not exaggerating when I say that. They buy people. You know, uh, and, and by doing that, by making people in the media feel like they're welcome or they can get tickets or they have relationships or they can get access to things, all you have to do is play their game. So write positive publicity about us and we'll do this for you. And I know that sounds like a, a major accusation, but... No, you know, it's interesting, Cap, Cap, not to interrupt, but I was one of the first guys along with you to pick this up. We have friends, multiple friends in the media there that told us that they would come at Charger Caravan to some big stops with food and bagels and stuffed animals and Chargers football to buy the media, to get the media to cover them a little. Because when I'm talking about them getting coverage, they were getting no coverage and now maybe it worked. And coverage is every day I turn on uh, my computer or I turn on the TV, there's a Charger article of how great this team is going to be. And I'm asking you, one of these years, they're going to be that good. One of these years, everything's going to hit. But, man, the Chargers are for coverage in L.A. compared to the Rams, right? Yeah, but why, why is it that we assume that one day they're going to? Because I watched Phillip Rivers' entire career. I watched LaDainian Tomlinson's entire career. Um, I watched Junior Seau's entire career, uh, and the list goes on and on. And they've had good teams. They've been to AFC Championship games, but they and they've been to one Super Bowl where they got annihilated by down in the 49ers. But every year it was Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates and Ladanian Tomlinson and Vincent Jackson and this great offensive line. They fired a coach who was 13 and three. Check it, 14 right. and two. Marty Schottenheimer, the great, the late great Marty Schottenheimer was 14-2, and two and they fired him. The, they can change the city. They can change the stadium. But they can't change the ownership. So the assumption that they're going to one day get it done, I'll have to, I'll have to see that to believe it. Yeah, I believe it a little bit more than you. I, you know, I'm going to say the Raiders, and I know Russell Wilson and you know, Kansas City, I give all the credit in the world for what Andy Reid has done with Patrick Mahomes. But the Chargers are coming. That roster is as good as I've ever seen it. And we were both friends with Junior. And Rivers won more games against the Raiders than any player in franchise history, including everyone in the Hall of Fame. And you're right. They've been close. But I'm just looking at them now, and they got my attention. I don't like the coach. I think he's radical on fourth down, but I think he'll learn from that. I like their, their pass rush is legit. The quarterback is one of the best I've ever seen, ever, as a young player coming into this league. Derwin James and the receivers, if they put the perfect season together, they can do some damage. But as you said, man, that train is leaving, man. And by the size of the diamonds in that Rams uh, championship ring and what the Rams have done to kind of take over L.A. along with USC and Lincoln Riley and LeBron James and everything that's happening here. Chargers got a window right now if they want to get any attention for the Rams that are on the fence. Yep, you're right. And listen, everybody who's listening right now, um, yes, bitter, salty, San Diego (laughs) Charger fan, and that's where those opinions all come from. Um, But now, JT, you know, uh, when the the Spanos family who owns the Chargers thought they finally got rid of me, they were like, that counts. We finally shut that guy, moved to L.A. He got kicked out of the radio in San Diego. We finally shut that guy up. We'll never have to hear from him again. Being on the radio in Los Angeles on ESPN, um, 
anytime somebody brings this up, I remind them over and over again who they are. So I will be there to haunt them forever. Scott Kaplan, ESPN. Wanted you to hear that from last night. So Raider Nation, you always give me credit for doing cool things. I appreciate that. We're just trying to slow the roll of the Chargers. That's all we're trying to do is to try to fight false tr- uh, propaganda from the Chargers. Now, one of these years, the Chargers are going to win, go win two playoff games, be in the AFC Championship, and they're all going to come after me saying, you never gave us any credit. I'll, I'll take it. Game of Thrones stuff, man. I'll hang out in front of the gate. I'll take the Dragons on. But can you imagine if the Chargers don't make the playoffs this year? Just think about that for a second. They probably will. They probably will may, uh, get to the playoffs via a wild card or a division. They're a good team. I've been telling you that. But if they don't, if they don't, man, it is going to be beautiful. And the Raiders get an opportunity to play, play in week one. So I had a buddy of mine who's a, uh, he's a producer at Fox. He was at practice today, and he said, man, they're good. I said, I know they're good. They're really good. But the Raiders, would you rather play them if you're the Raiders week one? I would. I'd rather play them week one than week five when they're really grooving and they're playing well. Catch them week one. Breaking news. Live Golf has just signed British Open champion Cameron Smith to a $100 million deal. Oh! We thought this was coming. Cameron Smith has signed a deal with Live Golf worth at least $100 million per year. $100 million total, but these, these deals have been upfront guaranteed money. The Open champion will reportedly play in the next Live event in Boston, which tees off September 2nd. He's gone. PGA Tour loses a 28-year-old who's got a major and the number two ranked player in the world. This is a significant loss for the PGA Tour. Now, this rumor was floating around a couple of weeks ago, and now it comes through, and Greg Norman, a significant win for Greg Norman, a huge win for Greg Norman to get a player of this ability. So will they be able to survive the PGA Tour? Also, Mark Leishman is going with Cameron Smith. So that's where we're at. Wow. You know, it, when you saw this coming, now, I have not, now people aren't freaking out about it. as the way they were a couple of months ago with Live Golf. It's incredible breaking news. Good to talk to Miles Simmons, kind enough to join us from Pro Football Talk as we continue on and we open up the show here. And, Miles, I know you got your head on a swivel for fights at practice and guys getting carted off and knee injuries and the Jets with Becton, and there's always an injury or two in camp right around week two or three that becomes alarming. How do you see this earlier today and going out there, going into next week with some of these injuries? Yeah, you brought up Becton, and that one's so unfortunate, you know, because he worked so hard to get himself back from last year's knee injury, and when you have another knee injury right at the beginning of camp and that's going to take you out for as long as it's going to take him out. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the kneecap and all of that. First of all, it sounds painful. Like on a human level, you just kind of hate to hear that. And then, you know, you know what he is trying to work back from and you hear that too. It's just, it's just one of these really unfortunate things. But I mean, as you know, JT, I mean, this is what happens in the NFL. You know, it happens every single year. It feels like that there is just going to be this kind of injury um, in training camp that you see, and it's unfortunate. And it's uh, Joe Thomas said this once 
uh, when he was talking about you know how he got hurt and it basically into his career. It's like move the drill, you know. When somebody gets hurt on the yeah. field, I, the life goes on in the NFL. And I think what uh, Robert Sala said today, which is like you know sometimes we lose sense of the humanity of some of these players just based on the way our society is with social media. And so when you get a player like Beckton, like I said, he's gone through what he's gone through. I think we shouldn't forget that there really is a human inside that helmet. You know, so you feel for somebody when something like that happens. Jimmy Garoppolo shows up as a fourth stringer on the Niners' depth chart. Look, I think they handled it honestly. The Niners and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been transparent. They want to move them. It's $24 million. They're going with Lance. I get all that. But they didn't get anything for him yet. This fourth string crap. Everybody knows he's better than the young starter, but it's time for the young starter to play. So what's your critique of the way the 49ers still have Jimmy Garoppolo and didn't move him earlier? I know the surgery and people wanted to see him throw, but there's enough doctors and trainers around the league that knew that he would heal properly. How does this look for the Niners going forward? Well, it's interesting because, you know, we talk about injuries and whatnot. Like, it's there is some sort of catastrophic quarterback injury from a contending team, right? Then they're going to go after Jimmy Garoppolo when we might see a Teddy Bridgewater, Sam uh, Bradford situation like we saw with the Minnesota Vikings. I think that was in, what, 2016, you know, where he has that injury. I think it was Labor Day weekend, right? right? And then all of a sudden, boom, you get Sam Bradford. He's traded to the Vikings. And Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback for the Eagles, which they're probably going to do anyway. So, it seems like that's kind of the situation that the 49ers are in. I was interesting that Kyle Shanahan said today, like, look, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is even on the depth chart, it means that he has to be there um, because every single player that's currently on the 90-man roster has to actually be on the depth chart. So it's not like, you know, it's some indictment of Jimmy Garoppolo and the way he plays or doesn't play or anything. He, he's not out there for practice he's not in the meetings he's kind of working out on his own he's doing his own thing so the Niners are either going to get something for Garoppolo at some point over the course of this month or they're not and they're going to release him and it's unfortunate that he had the surgery because that's kind of why this has not had more movement to this point um but I I count Jimmy Garoppolo is like at worst, the top 20 QB, mm-hmm. you know, which would mean that he's better than, let's call it, at least 12 of the quarterbacks that are currently starting for teams. So it's just weird that right now you can't really definitively say, like, yeah, this team should trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because I'll give the Texans as an example. I get why they would want to stick with somebody like Davis Mills going into mm-hmm. this year. You want to find out more. You want to see, like, were those last five games that he played a mirage, or can he grow with Pep Hamilton and become something? And the Texans aren't really a Super Bowl contender right now. So, like, can they actually do something? I get that. So it's a weird situation, and I guess we'll find out at the end of the month how it's going to be resolved. Miles Simmons is our guest, pro football talk, kind enough to join us here. So sad news for the Browns again. Jakeem Grant looks like it's a torn Achilles. He was carted off the field earlier today, and he's a guy who can do a lot of things on special teams and be a playmaker on the outside. Just with Kareem Hunt requesting a trade and no Deshaun Watson most likely, depending on the length of that. Baker Mayfield is gone. Jimmy Haslam, the owner, did that terrible contract with guaranteed money. Doesn't it feel like the Browns are the Browns again? After all the respect that Baker helped them get, winning a playoff game against 
of Pittsburgh, being a team that looked like they were taking the next step. Now they look like the old Browns, and it's bad news after bad news. It is definitely bad news after bad news. And, you know, it's not just Jakeem Grant. Like, their entire wide receiving core basically has gone through some sort of injury throughout training camp. I think David Bell started off on the physically unable to perform list. He's their third-round pick. Anthony Schwartz, somebody who they have high hopes for. He's missed a couple practices. Amari Cooper missed a practice. And it's, like, kind of easy to forget that Amari Cooper is on the Browns now just based on everything that's been going down with Deshaun Watson. So I don't know exactly how good or bad the Browns are going to be because of their defense and really do have some players over there. And it starts with Miles Garrett. Now you have Denzel Ward in the back end. They have they have some dudes. They do have some pieces. But if you if you're going out there and you're running Jacoby Brissett out there for, I don't know, an entire season based on whatever's gonna happen, you know, with this appeal with Deshaun Watson and the NFL, they're probably not gonna be a playoff team, right? I mean, their ceiling with Jacoby Brissett at QB is probably like six to eight wins, right? And that's not gonna put them in the postseason in the AFC. I don't think they're gonna be quite as bad as, you know, they were under Hugh Jackson, but if you don't have your QB, there's no way you're going to be in that upper echelon of teams like the Browns want to be, at least in 2022. Miles Simmons joins us, pro football talk. So I was with the Raiders in Canton, and they played Josh Jacobs. They ran the ball hard. You know, The coach is from that town, so he wanted to have an impressive win in front of his family. What's your takeaway from the Raiders, the fact that Carr didn't play Devontae Adams and most of the starters that they did play Josh Jacobs, and they looked pretty impressive. They played a cleaner football game under Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I think it's great that they played a clean football game. I mean, that's exactly what you want from an early preseason game, especially in an extra preseason game now. Um, when you're talking about that Hall of Fame game, you want guys to get in and out of the huddle efficiently. You want to make sure the play calls get in properly. You want to make sure the guys are where they're supposed to be. And I think, you know, for the most part, the Raiders were able to do that. They, they looked like a football team that knew what it was doing. And sometimes that's really hard to see um, in, in early part of the preseason, especially when you've got a new head coach. But when it comes to Josh Jacobs, you know, I – it looks like the Raiders are trying to showcase them a little bit. I know that Josh McDaniels talked about, you know, they don't really intend to trade Josh Jacobs or whatever exactly the quote was that he said. It gave me Pete Carroll, we have no intention of trading Russell Wilson kind of vibe. Right? I, I think when you see that Josh Jacobs is out there, and we know that Josh Jacobs can be a special runner and you know if he's in the right situation i mean his rookie year when i was covering the raiders for the review journal was one of the most impressive things i've seen out of a young back in a while i mean he really can make plays but you think about the way that josh daniels has historically used running backs that doesn't necessarily bode well for a bell cow back it's just not what he usually does when it comes to game planning and when you've got somebody who is at this point a veteran running back and He's not coming off an injury, as you know, we know with Kenyon Drake or whatever it happens to be. And he's out there running like that. It gives me a, kind of an indication that they wouldn't mind if somebody came along with a decent trade offer for Josh Jacobs, right? They, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. So either he has an incredible year and they decide, like, yeah, I guess we're going to re-sign him or we're going to franchise him or he's going to be – departing the, the, the franchise via free agency anyway. So 
if it just so happens that the Raiders get a good trade offer for somebody like a Josh Jacobs, I don't necessarily know that they'd turn it down. All right, last one. We're going to be doing this with all of my guests as we get ready for the start of the season. Who's the okay. most hyped, not overhyped, who's the most hyped player in all of preseason football? I'll go first. It's got to be Tua for me. Every time I turn on the TV, it's Tua, 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 Tua completed a 60, a 30, underneath. You know, all of a sudden, they, we love our teammate here. Tyreek Hill says he's better than Mahomes. Who's your cho- choice, the most hype player you've seen in the entire preseason? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, Tua is a good answer for it. Um, huh. I think about, like, different guys. It's probably Trey Lance. Sort of, but not yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, like, because, you know, they, the, the Niners need him to be good. So it's not like I keep seeing, like, oh, my gosh, he's this, he's that. But, like, you, I think about Trip Williams is a guy that has said, like, yeah, he's giving the team confidence. And I've heard that and seen that, I guess, from a few different players on the 49ers. So I don't know if he's going to be really, really good or not. But, you know, I think playing in Kyle Shanahan's system, that is definitely an advantage for a young QB. And when you have somebody like Debo Samuel, that certainly helps you as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll say Trey Lance. Nice job. Always good talking to you. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. You too, JT. Take care. Miles Simmons joining us. Very good contributor. We're proud of the contributors we have here on the radio for you. We put on guests that we could think add value to the show. And Miles writes for Pro Football Talk. And they cover a lot of ground. Fantastic job there. He believes they're shopping Josh Jacobs. Josh McDaniel said, no, it's the job of journalists to ask these questions. And the coach put it to bed pretty quickly. So no, guys are just going to touch the ball. Guys are going to get reps. Josh McDaniels believes that running backs should touch the football and go through the process of being tackled because they don't do it at practice. They don't tackle to the ground. So when games are going to do that, and I'm fine with that, whatever Josh McDaniels thinks with all his years of expertise with Bill Belichick, preparing football teams to win Super Bowls, how could anybody argue anything he says? I'll argue. I argue for a living. John Gruden won a Super Bowl. Jack Del Rio coached the Raiders to their best record, right? 12-4. and four. Last time we saw the Raiders win that, 12-4 and four Del Rio. Very good coach. Art Shell, Hall of Famer. The Raiders have had good coaches along the way. Even Lane Kiffin is a hell of a coach right now. Wasn't when the Raiders got him. He was young. Dennis Allen, hell of a defensive coach. Had a chance to be a head coach. Didn't work at the time. Now he's the head coach in New Orleans. Everybody has a different style for the preseason. I don't know what Josh McDaniel's style is. But I I support him 100%. I think he's out there trying to get this team ready for the Chargers. Because the Chargers are damn good. And it's going to take a great effort to beat them. And it's going to be because guys were tackled and tackled some people from time to time in this preseason where it's powder puff football. I just got back from Canton. Every one of those busts I saw, all of those players at the party. Now, many of them were walking in with walkers, wheelchairs, replaced knees, replaced hips because they played too much football, too much physicality. The league's changing now. Bubbles around your helmet. Don't tackle to the ground. Don't play in the preseason. Oh, and by the way, don't make 10 times more money. Make 20 times more money than the players who came before you. It's where we're living now. Got to live with the rules, and that's the rules. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. Thanks to DeMond for being in studio today. Bobby was out today. Long day today. Practice into this show. 
the JT and Looney podcast at 2.15, 6 to 9 p.m. Mad Dog Sports Radio. Kind of like two-a-days for me, man. Back from Canton. Feeling good. Got a lot of Cliff Branch swag I brought back with me. God, we miss Cliff, but through a hell of a party. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, good to have you today. Again, thanks to Demond for helping out today and running the show. As we are brought to you by Resorts World. Head on out to Resorts World. We want to remind people that you can park for free at Resorts World. And when you look at a property that's worth close to $5 billion, a lot of people say, oh, whoa, whoa, I don't know if that place is for me. It's got everything you want, including Doghouse Saloon, including their sports book and all their fine restaurants and eight cigar lounge. I'm just about to tweet out a picture. If you give me a follow at JT the Brick, it shows the line of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, who's accused of all of those really deplorable acts during the massages, and he's probably going to get suspended more games. We should know that any day. He's signing autographs today in Cleveland, and the line is about as long as you could ever see. And it's all children. And my tweet is, can't the parents wait till next year? Would you let your child, your daughter, get in line to get an autograph from Deshaun Watson at training camp with all of these settlements pending and everything he's accused of? If you're a parent, your mom, don't you say, you know, no. Why don't we wait? We went to practice today. We had a good time. Uh, Deshaun Watson signed an autograph for kids. No, it doesn't feel right. I think next year I'll come to camp, and if he proves that he's atoned for his behavior and all of this stuff, maybe we'll get an autograph then. Incredible to me. Uh, Another piece of sound from Josh McDaniels on the positives from Canton, Ohio. What he saw on tape as they get ready for this upcoming game. Um, I, like I said, I thought we I thought we had great energy. I thought our guys really had a great approach to the game. Um, you know, we didn't do a whole lot schematically, which is is fine. But we wanted to see fundamentally some of the things that we've been working hard on. I think some of those things showed up. Um, I think one of the best things that came out of the game is it's a lot clearer for our team to see the areas where we can make progress from this point forward. Um, you know, our, our lanes and punt coverage, our uh, double teams against different shades and techniques up front, you know, our ability to be under control and tackle. You know, when, when you play a game, you know, now you're on film for everybody to see. And uh, we had a great opportunity the day after the game to go through, you know, every single play of the game. And now the players see it. It's on film. It's not just a practice period or an individual drill. Now it happened in a game, you know. So, uh, to me, that's one of the biggest positives you can take is, okay, there's a clear focus on what needs to improve, and that's kind of how we've set our week up this week. Yep, that's how they set it up. It's always about teaching and improving. And the breaking news, if you didn't hear it today, Marshawn Lynch arrested for DUI right here in Vegas. Tuesday morning, uh, the police department announced that officers stopped the vehicle being driven by Lynch for suspected driver impairment. Those officers, quote, determined that Lynch was impaired and conducted an arrest. Lynch was booked for driving under the influence. The arrest comes a day after the Seahawks announced that Marshawn Lynch would be rejoining the organization in a new role. The team said Lynch will act as a, quote, special correspondent, and that he will produce creative content for a variety of projects in that role. 
A Lynch last played for the Seahawks in 2019 and was also part of the club from 2010 through 2015. He played for the Raiders between those two stints and opened his career with the Bills. So it's a really ugly picture of him, like a bad picture of him being impaired, allegedly impaired. But in Vegas, wink, wink, in Vegas with the attorneys here in Vegas, I've been doing this in Vegas 26 years. I'll sit back and we'll wait to see how this plays out in court. But his mugshot is all over town today. So the rest of the week, we're pretty wide open. Uh, we got a couple of good guests. Bill Williamson coming up, Raider Insider. Uh, we're going to have an alumni or two coming up here. The big update for the Raiders is they have alumni weekend where there's going to be anywhere from two to 300 former players coming back heading into the New England game, the last preseason game. So coming off Cliff and bookending it with Alumni Weekend, uh, there's a game coming up against Minnesota, and then the long trip to Miami for a preseason game, and then the final preseason game will be against Bill Belichick, which is shocking to me. Shocking to me that New England in the final preseason game is going to travel all the way to Vegas and have to play the Raiders in Vegas later in the year. Makes no sense to me. But a lot of people are going to watch that game, and you're going to get a preview. I don't think Mac Jones will play in that game, but, man, is he struggling in the preseason. And that's a huge story, too. There's an inside writer for the Patriots who works at Patriots.com who's been putting out content on how much he's struggling. Usually the guys in-house aren't the guys that are in the pot. Usually it's the guys in-house who are saying, you know, it's not that bad, but not the case there. Uh, More on Kevin Durant. I'll be on the radio tonight and podcasting about that a little bit later on. Man, his image is shot as of now. But if he ends up with the team and wins, he can rebuild it again. Thanks again, Damon, for stepping up today for Bobby. Hopefully Bobby's back tomorrow. If you miss any portion of the show, the podcast at lvsportsnetwork.com. All of our proud partners, thank you. And head on out to M Resort, where they have the Raiders Tavern and Grill. A bunch of good concerts. Nelly playing over there. You kidding me? How about the M? Stepping up. And a lot of Raider fans every morning meeting at the M to catch the buses to training camp. Great job by the proud partner of the Silver and Black and the flagship M Resort Spawn Casino. Q coming up next. He was at practice today and saw all the shenanigans and the physicality and pushing and shoving out there. Have a great day. See you back here tomorrow on the flagship of the Raiders.